Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. My name is David Vignola. This is episode 31. And this week, we're going to talk about six tips to know when your mix is actually finished. Us home recording musicians and aspiring audio engineers can spend forever tweaking a mix and tweaking a mix and tweaking a mix. And do you know when it's done? How do you know when it's done? What things should I be looking out for, Dave, to know when my mix is finished? Well, we're going to talk about it this week, and I'm going to give you six tips. So before we get started, make sure that you like, subscribe, share, and leave a five-star review on this podcast if it's helpful to you in any way. And stick around to the end of the episode, because I'm going to give you a couple of free gifts, as always. So now let's talk about six tips to knowing when your mix is finished, right here on the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. Well, welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the HomeRecordingMadeEasy.com podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time here, welcome to the Home Recording Made Easy family. I want you to stick around to the end of the episode. So I'm going to give you specifically new the newbies that are here a f- couple of free gifts and some things to help you beyond this podcast with your training in your home studio. And to my returning listeners, again, thank you so much for listening and for supporting this podcast. I'm doing this for you. So I hope that you guys are enjoying it. And speaking of doing this for you, I would like your help if I can be um, so forward to ask you if you have any topic or show or podcast ideas and things that you want me to talk about in the future that has not already been covered in the first 30 episodes, please send me an email to info at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know what I'm leaving out, if anything. I want to tailor this content to you to help you. Okay, this is free podcast. I don't make any money from this. I'm doing this really to help. And in order for me to help you the most effectively, I need to know what you guys think. So I've been asking for this feedback for the last five or six weeks now. I hope you guys continue to do that because I really do want to help you. And I'm willing to cover and talk about anything that's home or studio related gear, anything, the home studio business, how to make money, how to mix for clients, how to get better productions, whatever your struggles are. I want to try to help. So please send me that email. Also, make sure you like, subscribe, share. It's very important that you do that. Helps me out tremendously. The more uh, eyeballs and ear balls <laughs> that are on this podcast, the more I can continue to do and to help you. Okay, so now that all that housekeeping is out of the way, let's talk about how do we know when our mix is finished? Well, that is something that is you know everyone struggles with, especially in the digital world, in the home studio environments. And we'll talk about, well, why is that? Why is it different today than it was maybe 30 years ago when we worked in an analog studio? Well, we'll talk about that through this through these uh, six tips that I'm going to give you. But it's something that, you know, you can spend forever tweaking a mix, tweaking a mix, tweaking a mix over and over and over and over again. And you're always tweaking and you're never happy. So how do you know when to stop? How do you know when it's done and you move on to the next project? Let's talk about that. So tip number one. The way I know when my mix is finished, one of the ways that I know is when I listen to the mix with a fresh set of ears and I don't immediately hear something that needs to be changed, I know the mix is done. So let me expand on that a little. So when I do a mix for a client, I always build in an additional 24 hours to listen with a fresh set of ears before I send them what I would consider my final mix. That's hugely important. So even if you're not mixing for clients and you're just mixing your own music, come back after you think you're done the next day. Give it a full 24 hours. Come down to your studio with a fresh set of ears. Pop on the mix. 
listen to it from start to finish. Don't touch anything. Don't touch the mouse, the keyboard, the surface control. Preferably turn off, physically turn off your screen, your monitor. So you're not looking at the plugins and stuff and just listen. If I don't hear something right away that jumps out at me, then I know the mix is done or it's done. It's close, real, real close to done. Okay. Usually your first impressions, your gut instinct on your, on that fresh listen will tell you what needs to be tweaked. And as you hear things, if you hear things, jot them down. Okay. So listen with a fresh set of ears. And if you don't immediately hear something, you go, no, that sounds pretty good. Stop. Don't convince yourself something needs to be changed. You should know when the first, by the time the first chorus is over, and again, I'm making a general statement, you hear the intro, the verse, the first chorus. What comes after the first chorus? Probably another verse and another chorus, right? So at the end of that first chorus, if you don't hear anything that said that, and that's what, about a minute, minute and a half, in that first minute and a half, if you don't hear any, see any, hear any glaring issues, your mix is pretty much done. Now I know when you get to the bridge and parts of the song, maybe some other elements come in and you need to listen to that. But I'm talking about the first impression when you hear it is usually the right impression. Okay. Keep that in mind. Listen with a fresh set of ears. If you don't hear anything immediately, you know, you're pretty close to done. That's my first thing. My second tip and how I know my mix is finished is when I find myself during that listen, if I'm moving to the music, kind of bobbing my head, kind of dancing around a little bit, and I'm getting a kind of a, you know, of kind of a, you know, kind of a vibe, and I find myself enjoying the music more than thinking of it from a technical aspect, I know the mix is done. If I'm bopping my head and I'm grooving to the music and I'm, I'm feeling it, I'm not thinking as much, I'm feeling the music, I'm having a good time listening to it, I know the mix is done. Okay, so that's another indicator. When you think you're listening from a technical standpoint, like in tip number one, but you find yourself not listening, you find yourself grooving. Okay, if it's moving you like that, it's going to move other people like that as well. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Okay, so again, all these tips, you don't have to hit every one of them. These are indicators. They're not the end all be all, but they're indicators. Okay, so that's tip number two. Tip number three. When my, my, when my mix sounds very close to the sonic characteristics of the reference track that I'm using. Reference tracks are huge. I say it all the time. I've said it in at least two other previous episodes of the podcast. I talk about it in almost every single one of my courses at Home Recording Made Easy. If you're a member of MixingMadeEasy.net, every month we mix a new song together. And you know that I say reference tracks over and over and over and over again. Reference tracks are a roadmap. So if you are mixing um, a, country, a modern country song, you should be mixing using a reference track of a modern country song that you're trying to kind of emulate the sonic characteristics of that song. And if you're using a good reference uh, mix plugin something like the Plugin Alliance Metric AB, and there's others on the market where you can bounce back and forth in real time, your mix, the reference, your mix, the reference, your mix, the reference. And from a sonic characteristic standpoint, it sounds pretty damn close. Your mix is just about done. If they're vocal and your vocal is sitting in the same place, it's just about done. Okay, that's huge for me. That's a big one. The reference tracks are your guides. It's not meant to copy it 
exactly, although that's a great exercise, and we'll talk about that in another podcast. That's a wonderful exercise to get better at mixing is trying to copy somebody else's mix, which is not typically what we use reference tracks for, but it's a great exercise to do. When you can get your mix to sound pretty darn identical to the commercial release, especially if it's the same song, you know you got a mix that's done, (laughs) okay? That's tip number three. Tip number four, when I check my mix in at least three monitoring systems that I hear the elements clearly, no element is buried in the mix, I know the mix is done. And I said at least three. What does that mean? That could mean your studio monitors, a secondary set of monitors, headphones, there's three. It could mean your monitors, the car, a set of earbuds, that's three. Or as many as you can get into, but I check them in at least three. I've talked about this on previous episodes as well. I check my mix on my near field monitors. I check them also on a secondary set of monitors. I use the Avitone Mix Cubes, which are very, uh, they're like five and a quarter inch speakers, very crappy sounding, very mid-range heavy, not pleasant to listen to, very ear fatiguing when you listen for more than 15 minutes at a time. If my mix sounds good on those speakers, I know it's going to sound good everywhere. And I also check them on my headphones and I have two sets of headphones and I'll check them on earbuds. So I I listen to at least three. (laughs) And when I know the mix sounds balanced, I can hear all the elements, meaning all the different instruments. And I can hear everything clearly and there's not anything that disappears in the mix and gets buried or nothing that's way too loud. Then I know the mix is going to translate into almost every sound system. And that has worked for me. I can't tell you since I added those, since I added the Avatones, which is about a year and a half ago, I added the Avatones to my setup. It was the best 500 bucks I ever spent because ever since I've been using that as a checkpoint, when I send mixes to clients, I almost never now get revisions maybe a tiny tweak here or there. And it's usually something like there's a little too much reverb on the vocal or there's not enough reverb on the vocal. That's a personal taste thing. But 99 or I'd say 99% of the mixes that go out, first mix, first revision, it's 99% of the way there. And I've had that with several clients over the years since I've done that because I'm checking on speaker systems that translate well. I don't need any longer to run to my car with the mix. I have my monitoring system set up in a way that I know that if it sounds good on my headphones, if it sounds good on my Avatone mix cubes, and if it sounds good on my my near fields, which are Focal Solo B6s, and I also, at the same time that I added the Avatones, I added the subwoofer, the Focal subwoofer to that system, and I turned it on just a smidgen. That's, that's, a, that's a unit measure, by the way, <laughs> just a smidgen, just to fill in the bottom end so it's not boomy, just to get the low end and to get the near fields working more efficiently in the mid-range. My, 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 in my room is acoustically treated and all that stuff. I don't have revisions. So check your mix on at least three monitoring systems. When you can and you can hear everything clearly and there's nothing buried in the mix, that's another way, way to know your mix is almost done, okay? Or it's done, okay? Number five. Here's an obvious one. When the client is happy and says it's done. (laughs) So this goes for people that mix for clients, like I just said myself. Man, mixing is very subjective. And when you get to the point where your mix sounds really good, it's all about the little nuance at that point. Where you're going to get a client that's going to say, oh, can I put a little more reverb on the vocal? Or, you know what, you're dealing with the guitar player of the band and the guitarist is not needs to be a little bit louder because he's the guitar player and he wants it to be louder than everybody else in the mix. Because at the end of the day, when you're mixing for clients and you're mixing for money, the client has the final say. 
So your job is to get it as close as possible before you send it to the client so the, so the revisions are less or almost non-existent. Like in my case, they're hiring me for a reason to trust my judgment. And if you use reference tracks and you do the work on the front end, the client's going to be happy with the mix. But if the client says it's done, it's done. Okay. Even if you have a couple of small decisions that you don't like, if they're paying you, there's the deal. But if you do everything else that I said above this tip, you'll be okay as far as that goes. They're not going to want to radically change your mix if you're doing it right in the first place. Okay. So that's tip number five. And lastly, tip number six, here's a big one. And I probably should have said this first, but it doesn't really matter. These are in no particular order. You need to give yourself a deadline. And when that deadline arrives, it's done. Limitations are a great thing. What I said at the top of this episode is that we could tweak things to death. You're in your home studio, you have digital, you have an unlimited amount of resources and plugins and things at your disposal. If you don't give yourself a deadline, and especially if you're mixing your own music, which is a whole debate on that, and I think I've talked about that in an early episode of this podcast. But if you're mixing your own music, you're never going to be happy, you know? And so you could tweak this thing forever. So give yourself a deadline, a reasonable deadline, a reasonable deadline, right? Depending on the size of the session, depending on the style of music, you know, how long should it take? And to be honest with you, it shouldn't take weeks. <laughs> it should take a few days at most. It should take a few days at most. Most sessions that I mix for clients that are anywhere from 24 to say 45 tracks or so, you know, popular music that does, that's recorded well, right? That doesn't have a ton of editing and stuff to be done. I usually give myself about a day and a half to mix a song. What's that? Maybe 12 hours. And that's what taking breaks and everything else start to finish. And then I build another day in for that fresh set of ears test. So a couple of days. So if a client sends me something on a Monday and I'm going to start it on Monday morning, by Wednesday, I send them a final mix. What my first revision is, which typically ends up being the final with a couple of minor tweaks, as I mentioned. So give yourself a deadline. And when you're mixing it, because you're just going to say, you know what? It's done. It's done for now. I did everything that Dave said, tips one through four. I'm close. It's done. I need to move on. Because you, if not, you'll stay there forever. You'll tweak it and 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 tweak it some more, and you'll make it worse. You'll make it worse. Okay, so limitations are a great thing. Okay, and then I want to give you, this is like a, I don't know, this, this is not like a bonus tip, number seven. It's kind of a question, but something to think about. Is the mix ever really done? What does that really mean? If you're mixing music and you come back to that mix a year later, you will always find something you want to change. It's kind of a moving target, especially if you're in the process of learning the craft and getting better at what you do. Your mix today, if you're continuing your training, your investment in your craft and your, in, or your passion for mixing music, a year from now, your mixes ought to be better than what's done today. If it's not, then something's wrong, right? Then you haven't grown as a mixer. So you'll go back to that mix a year from now and you'll say, wow, what was I thinking? You know, you'll, we all do that. It's totally normal. So because it's a moving target, and because mixing is subjective, once you get to a minimum quality level, right? And then everything above that is kind of subjective. You know, do you like the vocal this loud or this loud? Or should the guitar be panned full left and right or halfway left and right? Those kinds of things. Once you've gotten to that point, it's all subjective and it's a moving target. 
So that's why the deadlines are important because you'll spend forever mixing something and tweaking something. And you're going to come back a year from now and you're, you're going to say, I could have done a better job on A, B, or C. That is completely, completely normal. So if that has already happened to you and you don't understand why, you go, oh, I just can't get this. It's not perfect. It will never be perfect. Here's, a, here's an exercise for you. Whatever style of music that you enjoy listening to, pick your top three favorite artists or bands and the top three songs that you enjoy by them. Put them in a iTunes or a Spotify playlist. Listen to them from an engineering's perspective, not from a fan's perspective, groove into the guitar riff or whatever. I mean, an engineering's perspective. Critically listen to those mixes, all three of them, one after the other. Is there anything in the mix that you would say I would change if you were the one that mixed it? I'll bet there is. I'll bet you there is. You're either going to say the vocal's not loud enough, the guitar solo's not loud enough, or, you know, I don't like that I'm not crazy about the snare drum tone, or the cymbals are a little, you know, maybe not splashy enough, or, uh, you know, they're, the, you know, whatever. You will find something guaranteed. Doesn't mean the mix isn't wonderful. It could be a platinum selling record that sold millions and millions of copies all over the world, but there might be something that you might want to change. Try that if you've never tried that before. Listening to music as a fan and as the average music listening public, who is, who are the people that are going to consume most of your mixes in the end anyway, as compared to an engineer and a geeky engineer like you and I, is different. We listen with a different set of ears. We listen from a different perspective. And sometimes it's hard to listen to it as a fan. But if you take those songs that you love and enjoy, that you know inside and out, and you listen to it from an engineering point of view, I'll bet you'll find something you can change in every one of those mixes just to make it a little bit better, a little bit more your taste. That's what I mean. It's subjective and it's a moving target. Okay? So I hope if you employ one or all six of these tips, you'll know when your mix is finished and you won't overmix. Okay? So if you, if, you, if you missed one of the tips or you forgot, I hope you wrote them down. If not, rewind the episode and listen to it again. Okay? So make sure you know when your mix is finished. Okay, it's so important. It's so important. And realize that what you've done today will not be your best mix six months from now or even a year from now. Trust me when I tell you that is absolutely the case if you're really working at getting better at mixing. Okay, so I hope you found this uh, episode helpful to you in some way. Now, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I want to give you a couple of free gifts. So if you're new here, especially, welcome to our family. I appreciate your support more than you know. And if you just stumbled upon this podcast or you found me on YouTube and you're new to my content, I encourage you and would invite you to go to homerecordingmadeeasy.com. All the links will be in the description box with the show notes below. And right on the homepage, I want to give you a free mixing course. We're talking a lot about mixing these days, a free mixing course. It's worth about 50 bucks. It's my gift to you for visiting homerecordingmadeeasy.com. It'll give you an opportunity to see how I teach, see my teaching style, and see if it resonates with you. And if it does, and you say, you know what, I like Dave's teaching style. I like, like I, I can learn from him. I enjoy his type of teaching. Then that's great. Maybe you want to browse some of the other courses that are on my website on the training page of Home Recording Made Easy. And if you find a course or two or three that you want to pick up, I want to give you a discount. I want to give you a coupon code that you can use at checkout. That coupon code is podcast thirty podcast three zero again it'll be in the description box below so you know put that in and check out take 30 percent off any course on the website so i invite you to do that i want you to take advantage of the discount i want you to become of our ecosystem and the home recording made easy family 
We have training on recording, mixing, mastering, EQ compression, you name it, we do it. Studio gear, plugins, reviews. Make sure you're also subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to me on Facebook or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter because I'm always posting content up there. I have two to three new pieces of content that come out every single week and I want you to consume it because it's all absolutely free. No charge, okay? So enjoy the content. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share. I really do appreciate your support. And until next week's podcast episode, I've been Dave with HomeRecordingMadeEasy.com. Again, all the links will be in the description box below. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care, everybody.